We are getting ever closer to football. It's exciting. It's a great time of year. We're glad to be with you. Another edition of Sports Insider Radio. Inviting you to check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. And we've got John joining us from Baltimore. Dave Miller's on the hopper as well. I believe, you know, it's like a game of Where's Waldo. I think he's up in uh, Colorado. But we're getting ready for the first, well, not first, the second full week of preseason football. It's coming. It's a coming fast. College football, August 28th. And, of course, the NFL, we cannot wait. Let's bring the boys in. Start with John. Say hello, my friend. How are you? What's happening? Another day at the beach, man. Windy here. What's the... How's Baltimore treating you? You get the humidity here late in the summer? Humidity, uh, rain every five seconds, then humidity, and then rain every five seconds. And Dave, Typical East Coast weather. Dave Miller joins us up in Colorado, I'm assuming, my friend? Yes, great weather. Uh, it's 80, beautiful out today, so great. All right, kids. Week one of preseason football, John. I don't know if you did homework assignments, but uh, the under was the way to go in week one of preseason football. So, uh, um, our good friend, uh, our good friend in Georgia, his uncle went to Biloxi, Mississippi. He sends me a a parlay ticket, a hundred dollars to win fifteen thousand. All he did was bet every under for a hundred bucks, and then I, he says, "Check this out," and I said. LOL. What did he have? An under system? He just figured nobody was going to score week one. I don't know. I didn't actually look and see how close uh, the totals were. Um, I think only you know, only one game went over, wasn't it? Yeah, the Minnesota one. Well, whatever he, over, I, think. I think whatever he bet in the parlay, he obviously bet it was, uh, you know, it was he didn't have that over in there. Let's put it that way. Because the whole thing, everything was under. So, But again, you know, you can take your shots. I, I see the system. What's most amazing to me is the Ravens win and cover. They're now 18-0 and in the last 18 preseason games, straight up and against the spread. And I've just never seen anything like that. Like, you literally really? just know that you just bet the Ravens. Yeah. yeah Ravens wow, are 18-0 and against the spread and straight up in preseason. Interesting. Wow. Yep. Now, what do you now do? Do you I want to first of all, I want to I want to know, Mr. Dave Miller. Last time I saw you, I was in studio with you personally. Um, what did I tell you about the Colorado Rockies? They never lose at home. They are yeah, they're on, fire. on they're on fire. Well, I mean, I mean, they're the most profitable team in baseball at home. In all, it, that's it. You just and what I was explaining to um, you in person last time we were all together, and now, and you know, you always tell me it's a short sample size. Home teams yesterday. Home teams ten and five. Home team dogs over one fifty three and zero. Home teams straight up at home yesterday five and one. The only home team that lost was Miami. It's just it's it's amazing to me the edge of of home teams in baseball. How basically you know you can save yourself a lot of aggravation whether you're betting the dog or whether you're betting the favorite. Just not betting road teams. I mean, it's crazy. I have, I have never seen a season like this where home team in a particular sport made such a difference. And I know you'll say to me it's a small sample size, but again, you know, everybody waiting for the road teams to win, they're going to be waiting a long time because they're not winning. Well, I don't really know the exact numbers, but yeah, it, it is running good. You're right. 
So home dogs know. are who, two. Who home dogs day? are. Go ahead. The Cubs. It was the Cubs. Uh, Mariner. How, so you, how many? You're saying most of the home teams won yesterday. And, and have kept no, no. When I no, no, no. So home home teams were ten and five yesterday. Home team dogs were five and one yesterday. Home teams, okay. the whole board. If you just bet the whole board, favorite or dog, you were there were ten and five. Home teams were five and one. The only home team that lost yesterday was Miami. Uh, home team dog, excuse me. Home team dog. So the best bet in baseball right now is the home team dogs, followed by any home team. But you know, again, when you look at dogs. When you look at favorites over the the whole season right now, they're winning 59% of the time. They were at 63% at all-star breaks, so they've come back down to earth. But when you flip that favorite to home favorites, they're winning 62% of the time. When you go to home dogs, they're winning 44% of the time. If you're you're winning basically 39% of the time and you're an underdog, you're making money. So we're well over – we're well over. We're 281 and 359 on home dogs. And so basically, like I keep saying, is that, you know, every day what I look at, and it's interesting, the short home dogs are not hitting at a high percentage. The home dogs that are over 50 cents or more okay. are hitting on a high percentage. So, for instance, yesterday, if you just basically said, I'm going to take every home team dog where I'm getting 50 cents or more, um, you would have you would have bet the Washington Nationals plus 190 winner. You would have bet Kansas City plus 170 winner, and you would have bet Arizona plus 160 winner. You're just three and zero. And the Rockies are the best. You're saying against the so number. right now the right now if you've bet on every right now in terms of home money. The Colorado Rockies are the number one team in baseball. If you've bet every home Colorado Rocky game only, you are up $2,096 betting $100 a game. If you bet all of their games at home only, I mean, I'm sorry, on the road only, you are you are down $2,372. So imagine, think about that. If you just bet the Rockies at home, you're up 2100 If you just bet the Rockies on the road, you're down 2400 that's crazy. And they're doing so good at home here. All the local players, not all, but some of them have, are doing a cover now if you want to go after Rockies games. <laughs> yeah, go Rockies. Making well, what's interesting is that, today. yeah, exactly. But what's interesting is they're, you know, they're 19 and 7 as a favorite, and they're 34 and 58 as a dog. So you're always, I know, Brian, you hate the word, you're always getting the value obviously on the Rockies because you're always in a situation where the strongest stat at home this season right now is not only uh, a dog, but a home team dog. So then you get the number one team in baseball and they keep making them a dog at home. And so again, do I care if it's Gonzalez pitching against Ariad? I don't look at any of that stuff means absolutely nothing to me. I will say uh, we can get off that bandwagon for a second, but I will say, um, you know, regarding what's your opinion, Dave or Brian regarding uh, what's this guy's uh, Tyler or whatever his name was? Obviously, he, he, the first you know he hit the no hitter for Arizona, first game ever since 1953 where a guy comes out unbelievable plays his first mate. Well, yeah, you got to just fade that guy. You just got to fade that guy the next time yeah. he plays, right? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, there'll probably like, be some decent value going the other way. And he'll, he'll be on I mean, a it's, a, it's an auto bet, right? It's an auto bet. Can I get you to say it's an auto bet? <laughs> Actually, can a guy in his second start really be on a downer? <laughs> I don't know. Not sure. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. He's starting I mean, on his next start. He's starting Friday. And he will be on the road at Colorado. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> There's some drama for you, John. Man, I can't wait. One. Colorado in the over? I can't wait. <laughs> I think you need to go to that game, Dave. I mean, you're there. That's oh, yeah. Wild. There you go. That's a good one to do. That's a good one to do with some Instagram videos from. That's. Is it'll that, be interesting to see. game? What was that? Is that a daytime game? Uh, that game is at 5.40 Pacific time. What's that there? So Six, I, could go, I could go and see, see him give up his first official hit. Unless yeah, he throws right. another no-hitter. <laughs> That'd be historic. <laughs> well, Johnny Vandermeer, right? Didn't you, Johnny, that's the famous one. Johnny Vandermeer, back-to-back no-hitters. Yeah, that, that's impressive. You know, and now what's interesting is when you look at these teams and you look at the good teams versus the bad teams, you know, overall the top teams in baseball haven't really changed much, um, you know, um, in terms of overall money. Uh, San Francisco is the number one team to bet on in baseball. The problem is you got to look for when you're getting the, that good dog value. I mean, laying 40 cents is not that bad against the Mets tonight. But basically, you know, it's funny. Like I said, you know, the Dodgers, I said in the beginning of the season, they would be a loser. They have never been positive the entire season. So they're still down $621 for the season. They are actually a loser at home, minus $207. And they are on a, they are a loser on the road at $414. So it just goes to show you, like, I, you know, and again, I keep banging that into people. The teams in the top divisions are the teams that basically you can't make money with. Um, the Whites, you know, it's, I, I did this on my YouTube channel the other day. If you've bet on every... White Sox game this season. They're seven, 70 and 49. Check this out. They're 70 and 49. So that means they're up 21 games. You are up $104. Tell me the line makers don't make good money lines. Do you have the, You're up do you have the big homework assignment, like the your season to date, sides, totals? Oh, I have uh, Yeah, I have everything. Uh, right now, like I said, if you bet every favorite, this season in in baseball, your 1,054 wins, 719 losses, 59.4%. If you bet every um, – but the flip side of that is, like I said, if you're talking about, um, you know, that you're a loser. Obviously, you're a dead loser if you're betting favorites. Like, you're, old, you're always a dead loser if you're betting favorites. You can't make money betting favorites. And that's not a small sample size. That That's just a fact. you got to hit 80%. On favorites to make money, it's not going to happen. Um, in terms of all games on totals, this is wild, guys. You ready for this? You know, people chase steam and they try to bet the totals early and then bet the totals late. You ready for this? 858 games have gone over this season. 853 games have gone under it's unbelievable. this season. 50 yeah, well. Point, 50.1% edge to the over. You are up five games this season if you bet the over. 
That's pretty remarkable. That's, yeah, I agree. That's a, that's an amazing one. I mean, you know, and so and that's on the closing number. So obviously, guys like you, Dave, that bet them early and then bet them late. I don't know how that how that's working out in terms of if you're seeing a lot of over seven and a half, and then it's you know over eight and a half, and if there's a middle in that situation, I don't know. I just know that on the closing numbers, that those are crazy numbers. That I it's mind boggling. Um, by the way, since we're talking about not being able to win playing. Um, favorites in baseball as we speak right now we'll see how it ends up in the bottom of the second inning the cubs plus 320 are winning five nothing currently against cincinnati so what i want to ask you since this is going to be recorded dave i had a client call here and he said i have a strategy you know they they want to pay us and then tell me that they have winning strategies (laughs) he says i have a strategy i wait for the super huge favorites to be down early in the inning, the first three, four, first, second, third, fourth, fifth inning. And then what I do is I live bet the favorite to get, you ready? Brian's favorite word, value. And I was wondering, here's, you know, imagine if you laid $320 on a closing number on Cincinnati this morning. It's the second inning. They're down 5 nothing. In your, Is there a system where you would basically say, I'm gonna. I know you chase the dogs at halftime in regular sports, but what would you do in this situation just to give the listeners some type of live betting insight? And Cincinnati just scored a one a run while we're talking, so now it's five one. Go ahead. Um, well, I don't think for baseball, I don't. I don't think it's as strong. But my fundamental there is just to keep the foot on the gas with the the opposite of what the guy said. Because everybody thinks that what he said, that guy. So right, the, the profitable thing in the long run, I think, is to to lay whatever, whatever that would be minus. I don't know. What well, what they did is while while I'm talking to you, gentlemen, they lock the game the minute Cincinnati scores because now they realize. I mean, most people are sitting there just pounding Cincinnati right down five nothing at some stupid price. And then all of a sudden they score a run, and it's like, uh oh, well, let's lock this thing up. Right. It'll be interesting. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it up while yeah. we're talking and see I mean, what the, unlocks, the, the but... Cubs. The Cubs were like, what? What was it? Uh, or like well, down five nothing. I think it was like plus six seventy for uh, them to come back. Oh, yeah, really? so why wouldn't everybody take? Yeah, why wouldn't what everybody take? What was the run line? Mm. What was the run line? Like I mean, plus. I mean, right three now it's locked. It was three. It was three and a half, but plus yeah. three and a half or minus three and a half. Now it's you know. But I'm just saying that you. I noticed that most of these favorites when they when they lose the lead early, they don't come back. Like they don't. It's so back to your pressing the 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 pedal to the metal. It seems to be working because, I mean, I'm telling you, like these teams don't come back. I mean, you're, yes, you see a lot of crazy ninth, ninth innings. And eighth innings, but a lot of times those are with games that are tight. They're not like blowouts. You know what I mean? Right. Like yesterday was a perfect example. That guy, he was ch- he you know he texted me. He was chasing Toronto on the road at Washington. They were down early, like five nothing, laying two twenty, and now he started chasing. You know, oh I can get you know I, I you know Washington Washington's up five nothing basically at home. 
and now I get some ridiculous price on Toronto because they're the better team. They're definitely going to come back. How did it work out for them? It didn't work out too good. So I just, uh, it's nice to see something like that live in real time while we're on the air. Right. This is the listener an example. I hear you. Well, and let's, but, but, and, and then you're talking about, and then Brian, you're a total guy. The total was, I think the original total was nine and a half and it's like six already in the second inning. So like that's, then they start inflating the totals as well. It was nine and a half before the game started. It's six now in the second inning. The assumption is that the game's definitely going to go over the nine and a half, right? Well, so yeah, now, but, the, but the one thing they do, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it depends, you know, what where you're doing it. They could give you, they could give you, here's the projected over under now, but a lot of these places will give you alternate totals. They'll give you choices. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so, I mean, it's amazing that you think where we are today, the game starts, here's your ticket, good luck with it, see what happens. And now, you know, literally as a game's unfolding, that'd be, I'd be curious, what is the average number of bets are actually taken, you know, during a game? You know, oh, mm-hmm. side total, no, no, but on, on, on a game by game basis, are we? And and with the in game, I mean, I, you know, are you talking over a hundred bets in a game that have been offered? So right now, while I'm speaking to you, this is pretty wild. So Cincinnati opened opened at minus three twenty two at 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 post. Right, that was the close. Right, right now you can bet Cincinnati plus two fifteen to win the game. So. I'm just asking you, Dave, as a, as a guy that plays numbers without emotion. You're down four runs. It's the top of the third inning. You didn't. This guy would. This guy that I talked to. That's exactly what he would do. He would. I feel like they're not giving you enough money. Plus two fifteen is like I do. I do. I do too. Plus there could be some runners on. Oh, you're saying it's the top. No, we're out. We're out. We're out of, we're out of the. I, I'm yeah, watching yeah. live. Okay. Yeah, we're out of yeah. the inning. It's the no, top hey, of the third. Nobody's no, on. Right. Long run, definitely betting the Cubs there. In, in the long run, is, is the fundamental. It, it, but yeah, you're so but but the over but and when the you... Reds, right there. So yeah, I, I know I know they're probably. I, I know the Cubs should probably be a little bit more than that. It just sounds good. It's just I mean I don't know. Yeah, it's just awesome. Know. It's awesome with all all the opportunities that are. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, and when you look at these games. opportunities. We'll move on to something else, but real quick. So now, Brian, the totals adjusted. Yeah, yeah that, to un, under thirteen yeah. and a half, one twenty. <laughs> yeah, good. They stuff. don't let you. They don't. They're not going to give you any free money. No, they're going to. They're betting me over like it's free money. They are. They're, they're going. Oh, this is a great spot. It's pacing to be twenty. That's what people are thinking. What? They just don't get it. Hey, you, I, I just wanted, I wanted, I wanted, you know, real quick. I mean, as we're going on with the baseball and everything, and, and the preseason football's coming, college football. Dave, oh. Dave, what are some of the things like you're like really focused on now? And, and when when baseball, when football kicks in, how much do you taper off your plays on baseball, or or, or does that focus remain the same? Yeah, baseball, baseball is just gone right when football starts to be and then I'll, I'll get involved in the postseason but for myself I'm in a different situation than you I'm here in Colorado where they're giving a lot of deposit bonuses so I'm trying to really work those for the apps 
that's the reason I'm, I'm pretty much here. Yeah, you can get 20% or so. So this is, and I think there's like 17 of them now. Not not all of them give 20%, but on the lower end you can get it, at least not. So, for example, if you put like, like some of them will give you your first bet for 1,000 is risk-free, or if you put, you know, 10, we'll give you 2,000, or but if you 5,000, you know, stuff like this, I'm trying to like, that's what I'm focused on. Yeah, you, just getting them up and running. FYI, your phone's a little sketchy, Dave. So just give, giving oh, you the sorry. give you the high sign on that. Can but, you hear me now? Yeah, and then let me ask you. Okay, I got I got your text, Brian. We're good. Let me ask you guys a question regarding um, your, our good friend Tony Miller over at the Nugget. Is he doing like I'm looking at the you know games Saturday, August 28th? We got Nebraska, Illinois, Connecticut, Fresno State. I haven't really seen it much going on on these games. UCLA, why? Is it is it is it a post? You know, that we had last season. Obviously, a crazy year when we had no games for four months. Are people? Do you know from the him or anybody else? Are people coming in and interested in these college football games yet, or is there going to wait till like the day of? Oh no! I think there's a steady flow at, at all all properties. You know, people come in and go out and you know futures, um, bet week one. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, people are constantly coming in. When they leave, they're taking tickets with them. Not, you know, people that are coming in and out of here don't necessarily have the. You know, it's not necessarily in their jurisdiction or locale yet. So there's a steady flow of activity. The other thing, they're all going to be coming up, uh, coming in, signing up for contests. And it, the, the big push is on here, you know, as you get to the ever closer, it, it starts to, to really take off. The one thing that's a little interesting is, you know, we have a preseason game under our belt for all these teams, two for Pittsburgh and Dallas, that we're seeing some pretty significant line moves and, you know, the kind of information that's out there. Hey, the Justin Fields kid looked really good for the Bears, but he's not practicing today with a groin injury. And they say, oh, yeah, but we expect him to play. You know, we want him to play Thursday. Well, good luck with that. If the guy's got a groin injury and he's not practicing today, why are you going to throw him out there tomorrow? Even though they haven't ruled him out, he's probably out. Um, that, that's the nature right. of the beast when you're doing preseason football, you know, trying to get the information. And then, you know, how much are these guys actually going to play? Right, right. Right. Well, it's a guessing game. Some people have a good feel for uh, it, though. Me, Dave, let me ask you. Uh, I was right on the money with the Dodgers. Do you, can we make the same correlation to college football and basically say Alabama is playing Miami, Florida on September 4th? They're laying 18 points, whatever it is. I haven't even looked. That was the early number of weeks ago. Uh, on the road at Miami, Florida. Is it? Do you just take this position that I take on the Dodgers, which you just auto bet at post against Alabama. I mean, well, there's a lot of factors there. How many games are, are in that round? Is the public really on them in that one game? Are they looking elsewhere to bet? And what type of value you have at your place you're betting compared to the going rate? So those are the things I would look at. But do, can we agree, everybody, that at the end of the year, the teams in the top ten are the ones that get the most volume initially by the public, not sharps like you. And obviously, those, those, you know, they work 
at, at the end of the year to, you know, be 50-50 on every Alabama game. Because, you know, we talked about it for years, Brian. You know, they, they come out, they cover the first half, and then they don't care in the second half, and then they get backdoor covered. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the big teams, but, you know, I mean, I, Alabama's probably playing a, you know, a notch above a high school team the week before the Auburn game, right? They do that stuff every year. I mean, the bottom line is TV drives it all. If the game's on TV, then it correlates to the handle. I, right. I think it's similar to the Dodgers situation. I, I'll give you that. Um, probably, it's probably worth a little bit more. Well, I, I can't say that, but obviously we know the public's going to back these certain teams and some of the books will really throw you a bone going the other way. So I think it's similar. I'll probably be looking. I mean, one the of the way post. one of the games that I'm looking at, which is going to be, I mean, I think the best game in, on September 4th. If you guys can, in terms of, I'm confused already. Georgia Clemson. I mean, yeah, that's that's a playing in a neutral field. But it's funny. I'm looking at the DB screen. Seventy three percent so far. The tickets are on Georgia. But again, they're getting three. So again, I don't know how much stock you put in that public percentage number on the screen, or do you find that to be, uh, or do you just not use it all in your analysis? Nothing yet. I mean, I wouldn't use it yet myself, but definitely the day of the game, this matters to just know when the books are one-sided or not one-sided, but you know, the ticket count tie on one team or, or the other. It's too early now to mean anything, in my opinion. I mean, you can, you can and then start to see it go up and go, well, I'm probably the day of the game looking to get the – Are you the talking to the phone, Dave? Because we keep losing you. Oh, you can't hear me? I mean, you keep going in and out like you're in a – Yeah, the, 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 yeah the, the, phone, the phone's sketchy. I don't, I don't know if you're – you told me you got a new phone before you came on there. I don't know if you're using a Bluetooth headset. If you are, take that off and hold the phone. No, I'm not. Um, I'm not. Okay. Okay. You sound better now. Um I mean okay, we okay. always talk about small we all we always talk about small schools. For the listeners that haven't, you know, you know, they haven't been with you last year, they don't understand your system and how it works. Are you more interested in the small schools that are often overlooked by the public that aren't on TV or are you just a screen better and it just doesn't really matter whether it's on TV like Brian said or off TV? I I think the bigger games are are more of my strategy, uh, but for the guy who's more of a handicapper, I, I think the smaller games they they should look to play. So I'm looking at I'm looking at those bigger games, looking to go against those moves, especially here in Colorado. And is that an all year long strategy you think, or is that just because every, the the appetite to bet is going to be so huge? And they, I mean. The handle, obviously, week one is probably bigger. I would probably say that week one handle is probably bigger than week two handle. Maybe I'm wrong, but I would think that, you know, they come out with all guns blazing because people are excited and they haven't been able to bet it yeah, for but, months well, and months and months. I, I think with it, that goes, I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because the simple reason would be these week one numbers have been up for months. Right, right. Right. But when I, you know, it's funny because you, 
every year when we do the weekly stats in college football, it's the little schools that are like covering like a, like you'll find this little school that you'll never be on TV, and all of a sudden you look up week six and they're six and zero against the spread, and then week ten they're ten and zero against the spread, and they just everybody starts jumping on the bandwagon, and then they obviously then it's too late. You're chasing them after they went up, but it was it's it. It, for me, I'm always trying to look at those little small schools early where I can catch that streak. And, you know, instead of saying, oh, yeah, after seven weeks or seven and oh against the spread, because you're not going to get teams in the top 10, the top five, even the top 25. Usually you're not going to get teams that are 10 and oh against the spread in, the, in week one unless they're small schools. You know. Well, John, we need you to identify those teams now. Can you do well, that? that's what I said. That's what that's what I'm gonna. That's I'm gonna. You know, that's what I'm looking for. Um, I'm always looking for that. And you know, like I tell people is that, you know, again, I'm 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 a little anti TV. I'm more like you. I think that unless you're looking at the second half stuff, there's not a lot of value. <sighs> Sorry, Brian. There's not <laughs> a lot of value. You know, banging Alabama at double digits, whatever those double digits are. Um, I just don't think like I'm looking here right now and I'm I'm looking at all games against the spread and you know if I click all games against the spread Indiana Universe Indiana was the number 1 team against the spread last year they were 7 and 1 remember there's not a line on every game you have added games you have write-in games um and it's funny I Liberty Liberty was the second team against the spread last year. So that was the point I was trying to make, Brian. Liberty was 9-2 and two against the spread. If you bet that every time there was a lineup, whether they were a favorite or a dog, they were 9-2. and two. And then followed, if you go after Liberty, who did you have? You had Coastal Carolina at 8-3. and three. So think about that. If you're a better and you're, and you're all obsessed with the top teams, the number the – number, one covering team was Indiana, followed by Coastal Carolina, followed by, uh, uh, what, what did I say, Liberty. So, I mean, would anybody be watching those games on TV, Brian? Well, the point is that the your, majority your, your of these. Buffalo, your Buffalo snuck in as number four, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah, but uh, you'd have to throw that out now. I mean, I mean what you got to watch is the. They got a brand new coach. Some guy, a lot of guys transferred out. Their coach went to Kansas. So now you got to watch Kansas. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff is really, when you're looking at trends, numbers, stats, things that you're spitting out there in college football, I'm telling you, the starting point is the coach. I mean, (laughs) that's what you got to look at. So you're telling me that Texas Christian, Liberty, Coastal Carolina and Buffalo; those are the top four teams beside Indiana. They just had amazing coaches, and they were all ninety percent against the spread. Their coaches have a lot to do with it. They're the guys; these guys are recruiting guys. Uh, their game plans and certain matchups. I mean, you could look at you know some guys have great numbers when they're catching points as an underdog. Um, they you know the ATS thing. You know what's their schedule looking like. You know, do they call the dogs off if they're playing a weak sister? Or are they stepping on their neck? So much of this comes down to what the coach ultimately decides for them to do. Well, just let me just 
separate this, guys, for you real quick so you can circle these teams. We'll see how they do this year. The number one team as a favorite in college football last year, I won't even ask you guys to guess, was Army. They were 6-2, and two, 75% as a favorite. By far the most profitable team as a favorite in all of football. The number one team as an underdog in college football last year was, believe it or not, Arkansas. They were 7-3. and three. Again, I'm, I'm knocking out the teams that were like underdogs one time because that doesn't count. They'll call them 100%. Arkansas, the Razorbacks, was the number one team against the spread. And just so we can talk about all games again, David, Alabama yes, last year was 9-4 and four ATS. So the wise guys actually lost fading Alabama. I was not aware right, that they were that high. That's they were nine and four against the spread, sixty nine point two percent. Yeah, I think the market is just more efficient now. Uh, just fading, just fading those those teams. Just auto doing it every single time. I don't, I don't think is going to work. So, so we got to do it. Situate. We got to look for the better situations to do it. Yeah, that kind of just scared me off my original intent. <laughs> I don't know. It's working. It's working in baseball against the Dodgers, right? Well, it is working in baseball against the Dodgers, and you know. But I'm just saying is that you know, it's oddly enough, Georgia, you know, which gets the same notoriety. They were four and six against the spread. When you look at all the other teams last year that were like rolling, the only team that was over 500 against the spread was Alabama. Like they could not make the line now. I'll go back to you, Brian. Isn't that a strength of schedule issue? They were, like, laying stupid amount of points against a lot of these teams. I mean, obviously, if they had a harder schedule, then it would be harder to cover every spread, right? See, the thing with a team like Alabama, I mean, they're such a unique animal. I'm tired of talking about them, but it's every year for six years we got to talk about them. No, <laughs> they're I, always number one. I, I get it, but the, the point is they're such a unique animal because their second team – is like a starting team in, you know, 60% of college football. So when their starters come out, the drop-off is not substantial because they're still towering over the other teams that have already been beaten to a pulp by the number one team. And any guy on the second team at Alabama, they're playing their lungs out to try to get on the first team or they're getting that experience because their turn's coming next year. Uh, you know, I mean, Alabama, the, the depth of, you know, Alabama, you know, it, it's insane. But but it's like well, it, it's, it's the same arguments. Like, you know, who's going to be the worst team in, in – I don't know, everybody thinks Houston. I don't know, man, we'll see what happens. The, the Texans, the worst, well, no, the worst team in the NFL against Alabama. You know, somebody – you know, but some team starts 0-6 in the NFL. They do this stuff every year. They'll go. Yeah. Oh, what would Al, what would the line be? You know, if Alabama played the Texans, and it's like they wouldn't even put it on the board. The Texans, the Texans would beat Alabama by forty. Well, what, but here's what's interesting. I'm looking at the current, you know, preseason rankings. Alabama's number one. Oklahoma's number two. This is the ESPN rankings. Clemson's number three. Ohio State's number four, and Georgia's number five. So you just take those first five, right? Here's what's interesting, um, Dave. Oklahoma was under 500. Clemson, 
I'm sorry, Oklahoma, I, I take that back. Oklahoma was 8-3. and three. They were just as good. So Oklahoma and Alabama were rolling last year. Clemson, 4-7 and seven against the spread. Georgia, 4-6 and six against the spread. So it wasn't like you could just roll with every team that was in the top five. It was like they couldn't make the right number on Alabama and Oklahoma, which are now this year again top number one and number two. And Clemson, you were a loser. If you faded them at post, you made money. If you faded Ohio State at post, you made money. If you faded Georgia at post, you made money, except number one and number two. And it's like repeat all over again. You're looking at the top 25. It's like the same thing as last year. Ironically, we were talking about Coastal Carolina being the number one team against the spread in that top four category. Brian, Coastal Carolina is ranked 22 in the preseason poll this year. Well, that's the cool thing about expand this playoff so that these smaller, really good teams will ultimately have their day in the sun and get a shot against the big boy. Well, so I was going to ask, I'll ask you guys this. What do you think about the money? Is it going to proliferate into this season? We're going to have to wait till the next year and the next year before it matters that these athletes can make money in college football in terms of how we're betting these games. Oh, in terms of how we're betting, I'd be a learner. Meaning here. getting good getting good talent, getting good talent at schools that you otherwise wouldn't because now they'll be able to pay them. You know, like, you, like you're saying, Alabama's a powerhouse, but now that these guys can make money, more teams can be powerhouses as well because they have the opportunity to earn a living while in college. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic to see how it's going to be where, you know, you know, anybody, any stud prospect wants to go to Alabama, uh, no one – it's a breeding ground to make it to the NFL. And all of a sudden now, you know, we talk about the rich could get richer, but the other thing could be if some quarterback, four-star, five-star prospect has a chance to make more money at Cincinnati, you know, if somehow he's able to strike some deal with Cincinnati, is, is the guy going for the early money at Cincinnati instead of going for the money that'll come down the road at in the NFL by going to Alabama. Right. Yeah, that's and then interesting. You, you, it's kind of a gamble. Yeah. It's kind of, that, that's kind of a gamble and it's a very interesting topic. I could see I could see just take the players wanting less money but just kind of lining up their pro career better. That's what I think. Well, but you also know that the percentage of people that actually go from excuse me from college football to the NFL is minor anyway. So you have a lot of these second and third tier players that are going to have an opportunity to make money where they normally wouldn't have that opportunity to make money. Right. You know. So yeah. I think I think it's good. I think it'll be interesting two years from now we're having this conversation if it makes a difference. But what I was going to ask you, you said you know back to the early thing. You being in Colorado, or let's just say for all purpose sake, in Vegas, right? So 10 o'clock game, um, 9 o'clock a.m. start in Las Vegas on Saturday morning, typical college football. Do you think the teams that are playing at 12 noon, you know, the old the, the, the players were out partying last night nonsense, do you think that it, there's – I'm going to start really looking at it – that there's more dog value – on the early games because of sleep patterns, because, I mean, these kids are not going to bed at 9 o'clock at night to be well-rested, you know, to, to play at 12. And I noticed that when you see a lot of the upsets, and I, I, I was tracking it last year, the, the crazy ones would be, you know, the Appalachian States against Michigan type thing. They're not 7 o'clock primetime games. 
It's always the nine o'clock games in Las Vegas. Now, me living here on the East Coast, again, it's lunchtime. We get it. You know, we're waiting all morning for games to start. But I'm just wondering if you both living on the West Coast, even though you're in Colorado, it's an hour different, living on the West Coast your entire life, betting lives, basically, if you guys put credence into the fact that, you know, if you're going to get a dog to pull an upset, it's usually on the earlier side of the Saturday card. And you think that's because of just they're all partying, lack of sleep? That's a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I believe that I right. That. I believe that Cincinnati. I believe Cincinnati right now losing five to one is a three hundred and twenty dollar favorite. Is because the game started at nine thirty-five Las Vegas time. I believe if that game was playing tonight at four o'clock Las Vegas time, seven o'clock mine. I believe that you're going to get less of that situation on a on the Dodgers at 10 o'clock at night laying 300 last night against Pittsburgh. I can honestly say in all the years I've done this, I've never really thought of that at the, at the level you're saying. But, I mean, it definitely makes sense. I could see that. Just You wake up and you're still tired. Or, 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 yeah. yeah, I get it. I'm and what I have to look and, at that and, now. That's a fundamental. Well, and the thing is, I know you chase. I know you'll chase dogs and press them at halftime. What I this is where I found more success playing favorites at halftime is the square way that you would say, like Alabama gets caught. They were out last night. They were just doing their thing. It's a twelve noon start. All of a sudden, they go into halftime. They're down a touchdown. They're laying thirty points. More times than not. A team like Alabama who got caught because they were out and they weren't motivated, it was an early Saturday morning, more times than not, they're going to smash it in the second half, cover the spread. Usually when they cover the spread, the second half number, they're covering both numbers. They're covering the original number, plus they're covering. So I will say that when you get into that elite, elite, in terms of that reversion of the mean, I I tend not to chase the big 20 four-point favorite down by seven on a Saturday morning because I believe the coach walks in the locker room and goes, guys, wake up. Well, the, the, big, the big one I believe in is crossing time zones. You know, the West, yeah, the West that, right? well, the West Coast team's traveling east. I'm sorry, your body clock gets messed up. I mean, you travel to Vegas all the time. Yeah, when you oh, I hate coming back. I hate coming back to Baltimore. Going to Vegas is a breeze. Yeah, when well, you hate going back. So right. if you're a West Coast team traveling east for a one o'clock football game, your body's still telling you it's ten in the morning. You know, unless right. you get there for several days early to acclimate. I mean, part part, part of the thing. Everybody thinks it's the, uh, you know, uh, the, the team's going to Hawaii. You know, you know, late nah. in the season. No, well, that, that's still a long flight. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, teams flying up to Seattle, that flight is brutal. It's brutal. In the last hour and a half, an hour, you're flying into Seattle. You're looking out the right side window seeing Mount Rainier, <laughs> and you're going, why can't we land this thing? It just takes forever. So, you know, yeah, Seattle's a good team. But they've been really good at home because I'm telling you, the East Coast teams, even mid Midwest teams, tra- traveling that flight to Seattle, it's just torture. Some guys played that for years, the crossing the the East to the West or the West to the East, and really cleaned up on that. 
I want to say over like seven or eight years, but I think now it's a little bit factored in, but it's still, it's still definitely strong. You know, combine that with other fundamentals for sure. Because you're right. I don't know why. But I, I still think what you... Is the example of it. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think, I think the, the, um, the west to the east is a bigger issue because even this last trip when I was with you guys in the studio, man, I was wrecked for like the, the first day I get home. I'm always wrecked in Baltimore, and I've been doing it my entire life the last 10 years, going to Vegas every month, sometimes twice a month pre-COVID, and I, and I, it, I never had an issue. Leave here at 8 in the morning, get there at 10 in the morning, go right to the studio, just push myself, stay up later. I'm on West Coast clock immediately. Coming home for whatever reason. So I don't know if I would say back to what Brian said. I, I don't know if they were playing east to the west and west to the east, or playing west to the east, because west to both. the east is deadly. You don't you don't come they to were the east coast both. a lot, Dave. Oh, okay. They were playing both, both. They were they were doing good on both. And I, I remember my friend would always go, "Oh, there's another," and I was like, "Oh, that doesn't matter." And then he cleaned up, and I thought, "Okay, you <laughs> proved your point on that one." <laughs> I no, I mean, I, I would even say, and I'm just looking at it, and I'm and, and I'm, not, I'm not I'm doing this like live on the air, you know. So maybe they have a bye the following week, but unlikely. But I'm just looking at Seattle's schedule. All right, here week two, they host Tennessee, and I think Tennessee is going to be really good. I'm wondering if you don't fade Tennessee the following week. That that travel there and back hurts them, you know. And, and and oh, by the way, it happens to be a huge football game in the division with the Colts. I mean, I I would literally look at that. I would look at teams that have to play at Seattle, any East Coast teams, uh, you know, that have to go and do that ridiculous flight there, then fly back. That you know, they're not recovering until you know Tuesday or Wednesday. They get their head screwed on right again. Right, we should have, we should yeah we should have somebody just tracking that all year. Well, the, we the you know situation. the funny thing is I mean we had done a thing. Uh, give him credit, our buddy Mark Lawrence. He had identified Pittsburgh. This is whatever a decade ago, and it was like a two three year run. The teams that when Tomlin was young, teams that were playing Pittsburgh, the next week they got mauled. I mean it was like they were like horrific. You know, like two. Yeah. And, Two and ten against the spread, you know. Teams that played Pittsburgh because the game was so physical. The next week they had nothing. That went on for about three years. When Seattle first became good, I remember watching them a little bit. And I called Mark and I said, "You know, buddy, I, I think we might have a new Pittsburgh here, and let's keep an eye on Seattle." As physical as that defense is, sure enough, it was like a two-year run. Teams that Seattle played the next week, you fade them. Look for physical teams. I mean, really right. physical teams. They beat up a team, and if you and the key is to get on top of it early and start and try to milk get, get on board that trend after a couple of weeks. You know, not six weeks into it. Well, just right. to, so who to talk real, real, regarding the NFL in terms of uh, it'll be interesting to see how the line makers adjust their spreads. Do you think they take into account last year's? ATS record, like the number one team against the spread was Miami. They were 11 and five in the NFL, followed by Buffalo, 12 and seven, 63 percent. So, and then followed by the Ravens, 11 and seven. So, when you see that they could never make a, you know, a, a number where the public was basically chasing the favorites and they were losing, 
the books were losing. Do you think they're going to – do they have it out for Buffalo? Do they have it out for Miami? Do well, they, they don't have it out for, for the Ravens? Well, they're trying to get two-way action. I mean, I'm just telling well, yeah, well, you. But, but the, the, the but difference the, is, in fact, we, uh, Tony Neville uh, from Treasure Island was in. And he said Buffalo's actually becoming a public team at the windows. Uh, just like yeah, the feed- worst team to bet on was Dallas, the public team. The public team was five and eleven against the spread last year. Well, the, but yeah, but the public team—that's like a, a popularity contest. But it, but at the windows, you know, from a money aspect, the you know people get on board. And but the Buffalo numbers now are going to be inflated to the moon. You know, I mean, the, and the Ravens numbers, and the Ravens numbers, and you know, and the Ravens numbers, I believe. And and it you know be I notice usually the teams that are horrible the year prior they usually come out strong against the spread because they're usually getting good money you know again it, you, they always call it America's team who would have thought that Dallas would be the worst team against the spread last year you know five and eleven ATS man well yeah the, the line makers did a pretty good job last year every game was almost fifty fifty except Buffalo Baltimore Houston and Dallas. Well, we talk about it all the time. I mean, in a perfect world, they want every team to be eight and eight, eight and eight against the spread, I mean, look, eight and eight over I mean, under. That's what they want. I mean, I mean that's what they're trying to do. You're talking about you're talking about Seattle. They were eight and nine against the spread. I'm sure that they had more wins and covers at home than they did on the road. Well, they were a tale of two se- seasons. I mean they they were they were a machine. And your Vegas Raiders were eight and eight last year against the spread. Perfect fifty fifty. No, I mean they're going to be ones that they can't wrap their arms around, and on the at the same breath, they're going to be teams that the betting public can't wrap their arms around. That's why the house is with the edge, or the, the edge, yeah. the, you know, the edge big times with the house. Yeah, it's actually it's funny that you said ha- the. Te- Go ahead. I hope we don't have any anomalies this year. I hope we don't have somebody that like eleven straight or. You know, no anomalies where I get caught. Yeah, but we have that every year. I mean, we. I know, is there I ever been a year where that one. doesn't happen? Not, no, I don't want an extreme one, though, like when the Browns were 15 in a row or whatever, and they didn't cover whatever well, it I mean, was. When you look at so if you take Miami at the top and Dallas at the bottom, their records are the, actually the same flipped. Miami was 11-5 and five ATS. Dallas was 5-11 and 11 ATS. You're... You're talking about that streak of how you got in there. I, I get it. Just something crazy where I'm going, oh, this can't keep going. And, you know, it keeps going. Hey, boys, it was great. Good fun. Time flies when you're having fun. Say hi to Mike. We'll play it back again next week, guys, and we'll have a lot more as football's getting ever closer. We thank you for joining us. Another edition of Sports Insider Radio. Check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com.